Hello everyone, welcome to Tea Time Reports. This is Trevor here, and I'm here with Caden, Brandon, and Logan, and we're going to be discussing the 2023 USFL Playoff Divisional Championship weekend. And it was a it was a fun weekend. It, it really was. Uh, I, to kick it off, you had the Pittsburgh Maulers taking on the Michigan Panthers. Both gritty teams probably shouldn't have been there. It, it, the whole North shouldn't have been there. When, when you you know look back on the regular season, the struggles each of those teams had, but you know what? Since we had to have a game, it, this was one it was to watch. It was really this was the first overtime game of the year. Went to shootout. It was a, it was a lot of offensive points there, for two lackluster offenses. Yeah, so like bro. so to say, like, I think what you have to notice is EJ Perry for the Michigan Panthers <coughs> came in in week ten and they immediately started scoring points, even though it wasn't pretty. I mean, his his debut, he had three hundred seventy total yards. He ignited a spark. He had a spark. Yeah, and and it worked, and it just didn't work in the playoffs. No. And it came down to just the better defense creating three turnovers in the first half. Yeah. Uh, props to Keava Tazino and Ruben Foster, uh, Tarpley the third. There's so many dogs on that defense. Mark Gilbert that just made it possible for them to have the best defensive uh, unit in the league, as well as, in my opinion, kind of making sure that their defensive coordinator got the assistant coach of the year award. And he'll definitely, you know, maybe get a college nod because he's been leading a defense only allowing 19.1 or 19.2 points a game for the past two seasons. And they've yeah. been one of the lesser clubs. It's their only bright spot. Yeah. Um, but the Maulers pull away with a W, 31-27. to 27. If you're wondering how the fuck there's a four-point differential, the overtime rules in the USFL, you don't actually play, um, you don't continue the regular field of play. You go to a shootout phase okay. where each offense gets a chance at a two-point conversion, and the best offense out of three uh, wins the game. And the Maulers... So they had two, interesting. They had two, yes. two-point conversions. The Maulers had two, and the Panthers failed yeah. to get one. Yeah. So Huge it, game from Cezino, it, it, by the way. It was, but it was even a bigger game from a person on the losing side. Frank, Frank Bunda. Frank Ginda. <laughs> it's not Frank Bunda. It is Frank fucking Ginda. Frank, Frank the Tank You said Ginda. Frank Bunda. You finally said it. I finally said it, but nah, no. No disrespect to this man. 11 solo tackles, three, three tackles for loss, and a sack. He wow. was tied for first in interceptions this past season. Leader in tackles. As a linebacker. As a fucking linebacker. A guy that's probably as big as... Maybe a little smaller than Malcolm Rodriguez and the Detroit Lions. It's the goatee, in my opinion. It, it might be. Hey, or the headband. Call. He might get a call. Mm-hmm. He, he, did last he, season. he should have gotten a call last year. He would get 97 tackles in 10 games last season. And what, 104? 104. 104, 104 tackles this year? Yes. Oh, my. He Over 200 tackles in 20 games in the regular season. And then, you know, his first playoff appearance, he did not disappoint. He mm-hmm. did not want to lose. Yeah. The Panthers' defense did not want to lose. They kept them no. in the game in those in those spots, but it was just it came down to that that OT, um, and and Troy Williams and Mason Stocky deliver on that first punch. But uh, going over to the, the the second game of the the USFL playoff weekend, uh, the Stallions and the USFL, um, excuse me, the New Orleans Breakers uh, rematch, and they played against each other in this this game in the Southern Divisional Championship game last season. And it was a similar feat, thirty-one yeah. seventeen, last year, and then this time it was a little more humiliating, yeah. forty-seven twenty-two. I just remember the game started, the Breakers went up seven-zero, and then it was seven-three Stallions, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, like 
breaker for a fight here, mm-hmm. and then it was like and then, Brian Allen, and then it was nine to three, and then it was like twelve to three. It's like okay, die or breaker just still in it. And then it was like twenty to three, and then like thirty to three, and it was like oh shit, like, like what what just happened? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, especially after this performance from Alex Magoo, you know, yeah, three hundred and ten yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like five total touchdowns. One thirty, right? yeah, five total touchdowns. One thirty-nine QBR. Mm. Oh my, Eight, was, eighty-four rushing yards and one touchdown. He was twenty-one of thirty-one ten yards attempt. But a player yeah. you notated, Brandon, that really kind of put his foot down at the kind of beginning portion of the game, and after this, the breakers weren't the same. Was that Brian Allen? Pick? Brian Allen. D. Anderson slipped on that turf, and that's okay. That that's expected to happen. But Brian Allen was in the right place at the right time and mm-hmm. picked off um, McLeod, and he had a really rough game. Um, they hey, did he, try and come back at, towards the end of the game a little bit, but it just wasn't even no hope. Minus the uh, minus the interceptions on the stat sheet, it didn't do that bad. But, uh, minus the QBR as well. They just they just got shut down. Yeah. You know, like this just. And they didn't have momentum. They looked defeated. Like that, that and, I was saying, I was saying the game. Really, I was like, yeah, the Stallions or the Breakers are defeated well, right now. Especially in the, the second half. Like, how can you not be? Well, West Hill only had seven carries for thirty yards. Yeah. Which, so. what was that? Uh, you know, you needed him to get the ball no matter what. I think they just got down too fast, too early. Mm. Facts. Well, I mean, but, I mean they, they were in it for a while though. Like when it was twelve to seven, they were still in it. They the just inti- got three and outs and punts and. The whole know. first half, they were able to... A pick on that first possession, right? It was the second possession, mm-hmm. I believe. But it, the whole first half, they were still able to, you know, if they went up 14 to 20, I think, 3 at the time, if they maintained some kind of, uh, at least a, uh, an attainable some distance. Some rhythm, you know? Yeah, scored had no times. rhythm the whole time. No rush game. No, none. No rush game. Um, I couldn't complete a pass. And after that first first couple of drives, and it looked rough for them, yeah. especially yeah. on defense, because they just weren't off the field. The Stallions were dominating time of possession, especially in the second quarter, and it really deflated that defensive unit. And they have a good one: uh, Keontae Shad, Neville Clark. Uh, those guys aren't those guys aren't slouches, man. Vontae Diggs, they just got they hey, just got D- tired, hey, man. D Anderson, he went off. D Anderson. Did that, go off that, that, one that, jump, that one jump ball where he, uh, he, he accepted it over to the defender. And, and Sage Sherratt did have a touchdown on his former squad, but it was just overall a lopsided victory yeah. for the Birmingham Stallions, who deserved to probably win it all. They've played yeah. lights out all year. Yeah. Um, the MVP. I, I mean, Skip Holtz is, I think, 20, 20 and yeah. 3 in the in the past two if, seasons. If Alex Magoo was not MVP before this game, he is now. Yeah. Mm. No I don't. What. I don't I think, think he, he was. I, I don't think he was yeah, ever. He was. Quite was before I started yeah. watching. Like the he, league. If, <laughs> yes. there was, if there was any sort of doubt, he just annihilated. Well, the only doubt was Mark Thompson. But sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I wanted to just put this stat out there real quick for what you were saying about um, Bethel Thompson just not being able to complete passes. So, the top four receivers for the for the Breakers on that day got Anderson, Dixon, Surratt, and Adams. They had twenty receptions combined um, between the four of them. They had. Over 35 targets. So that's 15-plus balls that were just missed or just dropped between the receivers mm-hmm. and Bethel Thompson. That's just that's not going to... Efficient enough. Yeah, it's not efficient. That's not going to win your game, especially in a game like this when you're trying to... Not trying. You have to play catch-up with Magoo and this Stallions offense. And like you were saying, you have to have some type of rhythm. You're not going to be able to establish any type of rhythm with that. And that just goes hand-in-hand with not being able to get the run game going. If you're Mm -hmm. able to establish some rhythm and complete these passes, who knows? You might be able to get West Hills going a little bit more, and that might sort of change the outcome of this this game. 
but they're just down way too fast, way too early. I don't. I don't think this is what any of us really expected, is it? No, I thought it was. A, I, I I predicted like 28, 24, 24, I 17. Think we were, all of us were around that range. Fight the breakers. Exactly. There's no fight. This Not was. They shot on them. Yeah, I mean, this they was, these were arguably two best teams the best in the entire league. league. Yeah. And, and you wouldn't be able to tell that Washington team so if you didn't know that. In two years, the Breakers have only beat the Steins once, guys. This that year, was right? earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. first, first match of the season. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been domination by the Steins on all fronts, division and out of division. And honestly, out of any team in the North, and you know, after seeing that, I think any team in the league, I'm glad the Maulers are fighting against the Stallions. I agree. I agree. They it's put the up. Defense. They put up the best fights. You know, they're never humiliated. Not like the Memphis Showboats were. Not like the Stars with their inconsistency. Um, this team is actually going to put up a fight against the Stallions. I believe, and I know we've talked about that with the Breakers, mm-hmm. but I actually believe that this will be like a nail biter. Yeah, I mean, first matchup. First matchup this year was twenty four twenty in the same stadium earlier this year. I think it might even be closer than that, bro. I think it's gonna come down to like again, like a turnover mm. with that defense, mm, never or mm. it might come down to a special teams play, bro. Because yeah. I mean, it's these every, two it's football every inch. Tarpley's gonna be in. Ruby Foster, Tezino. You gotta unleash the whole. Is, uh, I don't know, Boogie Roberts. Yeah. Is Boogie Roberts yeah. healthy? Yeah, he, he played last oh, weekend, bro. Okay. He couldn't miss it. He's not. But then I also did want to shout out a player I didn't mention in the Southern Divisional Championship game, Scooby Wright. Mm -hmm. He had a couple really good series. Mm -hmm. He didn't get the full. He didn't get a full uh, playing time. I think they only had him in maybe maybe twelve, maybe eleven drives, maybe a little less. But his first three drives, he had a huge sack, a massive sack on a play action play, and then he also had a pass breakup. And then I believe a tackle for loss all in the mm. same series. He was going off and brought another type of energy to this defense. And they performed better. They always perform better when he's on the field. Like, like their red zone percentage mm. is better. They, everything is better with Scooby Wright at that captain. Now, no, no, sh- no slight to Nick Hawley, mm. or Nate Hawley, excuse me, but he's not as good. Yeah. He's not as good as Scooby Wright. And I, I hope that Scooby Wright gets to 100% by the championship game because we could see a linebacking like beauty. I mean, you got Ruben Foster, you got Scooby, Kaiavatizini. This is going to be a fun game to watch, in my opinion. I, I, there's a lot of players and a lot of notable guys in this championship game. So I have a question to about the the Stallions game for you guys. Do you think that if any other teams in the South was in this game instead of the Breakers, would it have been any different? What do you mean? I well, like, yeah. I think the Breakers would beat the Gamblers. I think the Breakers would beat the Showboats. Yeah. I'm saying like, oh, do you, do you think do you think like the Stallions would have rolled over? Oh yeah, like yeah. every team. You think so? Yeah, they rolled over the, the gamblers yeah. in week ten. They rolled <laughs> That's over what the showboats. Like, yeah. You think it would have been any different if, if the gamblers were in your or yeah. whoever? Yeah. No, I thought you were referring to the championship. No, game. they were des- they were destined to win that, that game. Dude, they're, they're I mean they're eight and two. Yeah. I mean they've I lost mean, three games. They were in nine two and one teams. last season. Yeah, and you just gotta you know I, I give them all their props. I mean taking into consideration the record now yeah. they're five and six. They were one and nine last they year. They were they were like. Number eight on our power rankings for the first like three weeks, mm-hmm. four weeks. They were the first episode I ever listened to this podcast was one of the power rankings. And, and I'm not gonna lie, they were shit. And everybody shit. had them at number eight. With James, <laughs> bro, with James Morgan, like he was, bro, he, bro, the, the team was so bad. They, they was... <laughs> James Morgan was horrible, bro. Yeah, now he's wow. holding the clipboard with the headset on. He knows. He knows the role. Yeah, no, he, he's doing and it right. Overall, <laughs> with, with how much shit we've been given the North Division in this matchup and. The magnitude of that we at least were holding the Breakers and Stallions matchup. The North 
the northern matchup provided a lot yeah, more yeah, fucking yeah, entertainment, fun. drama, everything than than the other matchup. And I just I wanted to, and I also noticed one thing I was sort of harping on Pittsburgh for a few a week ago was. Um, their offensive line and giving up, I think it was like six, seven sacks. I think it was to this Panthers team. And I was saying <laughs> going into the next week because I was predicting them to lose as they were playing another good team with a pass rush. And they only gave up one sack last night or um, Saturday night. And Breland Speaks didn't even have that one sack. You shut down. So, then that, I think, obviously, it's probably not going to win them the game, but it was still very close. Came in overtime. But you know, who knows what could have happened if they would have given up another six, seven sacks. Well, one thing that even um, the commentators, I think Jason Garrett was pointing out, was that they switched to the quick pass game. Mm-hmm. They're getting the ball out in two seconds or less, bro. What is um, Trulio's record? Um, this season, I know he's won all five games, but mm-hmm. I think he's five and three, so maybe five and two. But they've won their last three games handedly. Not handedly because of last weekend, but they've won their last three games with impressive scores. And, and, and like you think about what James Morgan... He, he didn't get the ball out quick enough. No. And Trevor Williams, like you said, they switched to that quick pass game. Like, you see the difference. They're 5-3 and three with him. I mean, just look. All you have to look up is go on YouTube. Look up the highlights of this uh, Northern Divisional Championship game. Look at the first two-point conversion in the OT shootout. Mm. It's literally Mason Stocky mm. running up, doing a hitch route, and it's bang. It's already and it, that's, that's, That won them the game, essentially. It set the momentum But then you see guys like Josh Love. Even Case took us that time. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Um, even 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 uh, Magoo at times like we saw in this game like he you know it was it wasn't a perfect game he yeah. had some questionable but he would escape the pocket a little bit but you know I think with Troy Williams he's always he's he's been pretty steady at that mm-hmm. at getting the ball out I he doesn't have a turnover I've been impressed from what really? I've seen no wow I've been impressed from what I've seen from him mm-hmm. it's been a little up and down but overall for him to sort of just stay in there and have his head straight and stay mm-hmm. focused and. Yeah. Be able to lead this team the way he has. It, he's, it says a lot about him. One thing about him, bro, just look out for this, is his dog mentality. He's mm-hmm. shouting. He talks shit. And that's why I love him, bro. And yeah. it's fun to watch. Man. He's a big guy. You know, He's a big quarterback. He's not fast. But he's he's a, he's a calculated runner. But he he's you know he's not a guy you're gonna he's not fucking you know Josh Love you know yeah. he's not Josh Love isn't going up to a middle linebacker and yeah, saying anything, saying anything like that. that. But Troy Williams does so just something to look out for he has that dog mentality. You guys ever see the Philip Rivers? Oh yeah, audio clips oh, of him oh, being yeah, so yeah, nice yeah, to yeah. people and how he talks shit. Man. <laughs> That's how I would picture Josh Love doing it. But but I, was, yeah. I remember we were talking about this. I think of the last podcast we were doing. And I'll still stand by this. If the Mullers had like an X wide receiver, like say like Jay Adams or uh, or Johnny Dixon on their team, you know, I think they're, all they're missing is that big guy to put their their offense over like over the top. Because right now you think about who are their main targets? Isaiah is Henny, possible, man. Isaiah Henny and and uh, Bailey Gaither, two slot receivers. Mm-hmm. They have no big guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, they and, do have Ishmael Hyman, but he's not. They do, but he's not as explosive as say a Jay Adams yeah, or I agree. Johnny Dixon or, or Joe Walker. You know what I mean? I agree. And uh, I think that is what they're missing. Like the, if they really want to be like over the top, for me to be confident about, they can beat the, the Stallions. I think they need. I think they also need an explosive runner. Yeah, Roshek's good, but he's he's not explosive. And him and Madre they, are not. They explosive. only average. Yeah. They only average three point four yards a carry. Yeah, Which, I, I, I mean that, that front seven of Michigan is very good, very stout, but it's mm. the same way with Birmingham as well. It's not it, it even all year it hasn't been a good rush attack. Mm-hmm. I think they've been averaging like seventy seven yards a Troy game. Troy Williams worse been in the, league. the best rusher that type of situation. I think so, but I, I they don't really like <laughs> when he runs he he's did the most run. yards last game. Uh, so that that's something to look six out for. Six yards carry, six rushes. But Derek Roshek, 
Fun fact, did have the first playoff touchdown for the Pittsburgh Maulers yeah. franchise nice. history. They've never been in the playoffs before. So and he was, man. you know, kind of a Mike Allstott touchdown, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, that's how I view him. I think Mike at Allstott, least man. right Pull now, the, the Maulers, their, their foundation is set. Mm. Like, the foundation is definitely set. I, I don't think they're going to win this game, but, you know. Never know. They'll be better next year. Their, their the record X- will be better next year, you we know. We saw it in the XFL championship. They yeah, 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 playoffs yeah. this year, so you never know. I think... What I just I don't think you can rely on turnovers to win you. Obviously, defense wins you championships, but I don't think if it wasn't for the three turnovers, Pittsburgh wins this game against Michigan. Mm-hmm. I agree. And sure. being a Bears fan, being a fan of a team who's been precedented around defense mm-hmm. and defense winning you games, I've seen time and time again where there's been those one-off games where your defense mm-hmm. doesn't get those two or three turnovers that you've been relying on when you have the or that sack or that fumble when you have that subpar offense you have that subpar quarterback rushing game whatever it is you know all too well about I'm, that yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't even have to get started whether it's Mr. Trubisky Jay Cutler Mike Lennon Mark Sanchez Matt, Mark Sanchez <laughs> Mark, Mark, Matt Barkley you fucking name it man we're up there with the Browns <laughs> list of fucking quarterbacks at this point mm-hmm. um, but I just I think if they do if they're able to win the turnover battle man watch out for Pittsburgh in this game like you said Troy Williams has that dog mentality they have that culture they have that foundation built and anything's possible. Yes, I love that. I, I think um, we can go ahead and just talk about our predictions, I guess, and we'll, I'll, I guess we'll start with myself. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm gonna have a biased opinion. Obviously, um, this is kind of like a dream, you know, a storyline that I love. But I, I, you know, I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I don't. I, I think it will be tight, and I'm, I'm gonna give them the ultimate respect. And I feel like a, a shitty Maulers fan right now, but. Hey, if any defense is gonna do it, it's this defense. No, right? for real. If any like, defense is gonna shut down McDowell. But I think no. it. I think it will be. I, I think it'll be a little high scoring. But I think it's gonna be twenty eight to like twenty one. The odds haven't came Stallions out. Stallions or Rollers? Stallions. Honestly, yeah. I think you think there's only one man who can combat uh, Alex McGoto. Mm. That's Frank Bunda, <laughs> and he's not playing that championship oh, game. But I like Reuben Foster. Reuben Foster, Foster yeah. Reuben Foster is there and gave it to Zeno. But, but uh, Frank Frank Ginda, he's just he's the man. Yeah, I mean, but you never know, though. I mean, you got to have hope for your team is exactly. in there. No, I, I do. Here. They are yeah. here. you got to root for them, at least. You know what? I, I guess I will just... Hey. Yeah, I'll stick with the yeah, Maulers. Yeah. In, 2012, the in 2012, I was telling myself, Notre Dame's going to beat Alabama, goddammit. Hey, Manti we Tails, that Tails going to beat them. The other year, when we were playing them in the playoffs, I was telling myself, we're going to fucking beat Alabama. You know what I was saying? It never happens. But we don't have to, we don't have to go any further. <laughs> hey, we were at that. You know what? <laughs> Maulers, <laughs> Maulers 31. Okay. There we go. Maulers 31. Ooh. Now we're living on uh, 20, 24. Ooh. 24. Maulers 31, that. 24. Like Take the over in this. Fuck yeah. I, I see Troy having a better performance than last week. I'm, I'm going to go. Because it's go. Troy. And Garrett's gonna, Garrett Groshek is going to have a touchdown again. And and sustain his his two 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 touchdown in a row. Got him wild streak. Up. I'm gonna go Stallions thirty eight to seven. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ! <laughs> so so this, 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 this is what I was gonna say. So um, when oh. I uh, when, so wow. after the Giants beat the Vikings in the playoffs, we're playing the Eagles next round. And, and like I bet on the Giants, I was like, "Yeah, like we're beating the Eagles this week," and we lost thirty-eight to seven. I actually took the Giants in a parlay that week as well, so I feel you. That exact score. Man, right if I can just shoot all that down like that. <laughs> that was but um, how about yourself, Lowe's? What's your prediction? Uh, like, you know, like the the Maulers are here, and I I do think they have a chance to win, but 
I'm a, the Stallions. If I'm betting money, the Stallions is the safest yeah. pick. What's the score you got here? Twenty-seven to ten. Twenty-seven <laughs> to twelve. Something like that. Okay. Okay. I, I I don't think. Well, no, like I up. get it, I get it because it could happen. But it's I good. could also see it being closer than that, like maybe like a twenty twenty to seventeen. But I, I think the Stallions will will pull out. The I mean, you look you look throughout history like though. There's only been one lopsided championship. Yeah, Arizona Wranglers. Then I hope Arizona they come back. Whatever. I think they're on the team anymore. The Baltimore, yep. the Baltimore Stars. I was actually going to go over this after the predictions, but um, I guess Oakland Invaders. Wow. We we could talk some, about the championships. Some vintage names. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and, and logos. Those are nice. They patented both of those team names and nice. logos again, so we might see them back. But um, back in 1983, the Michigan Panthers in the championship game beat the Philadelphia Stars 24-22. In 1984, the Philadelphia Stars beat the Arizona Wranglers 23-3. In 1985, the Baltimore Stars uh, beat the Oakland Invaders 28-24. And then last year, in 2022, uh, the Birmingham Stallions won 33-30, sadly. And they would not have won if Case didn't break his legs. So, that was an overtime last year, right? That was not. That, that, that was no, just a game ceiling, oh, okay. you know, a drive in the Case fourth quarter. Case just broke his leg. So, do they... Do they JMR, right? Jamar, uh, I think, started, but Case, uh, no, but Magoo actually had to finish the game because really? Jamar got injured. I, I was going to ask, so do they do overtime differently in the title game? Is no, no, it's, like it's the... all, the overtime is set at okay. the shootout. Nice. So it, it makes the game, it, they don't, the one thing about that is they just don't want to draw it out, bro. Because, yeah. like, I get it, and I get it if Keep you're betting. But it also, it kind of, you know, adds an element of, like, low-key, when I see that shit, I think of, like, low-key soccer, bro. I'm not gonna lie, bro. It's like a shootout with football. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Like, a little arcade game yeah. at the end of the fucking yeah. game to and seal the it's deal. it's not something that, who knows, is gonna be permanent forever. They're just trying it out. It's just not fucking And this is the second well, season in a row. You know? I'm sure if it's not getting the reception that they like or they yeah. were probably planning for, they'll change it. I think know? they only had four of them last year, and they only had one this year. Wow. So it was just, you know, the competition's kind of just been getting decided in regulation. But um, go ahead with your prediction, Brandon, with the championship game. Yeah, so I'm not, not going to sort of bury the Maulers the same way that Logan and Caden just did. And I'm going to sort of be on your side with it more, a little Trevor, and sort of be on the side of history with it. Um, look, I base it off of this. 2006, that Bears defense held... Peyton Manning in that Colts offense, someone who I mean we can probably compare Alex McGrew in that Stallions offense to them right now to like twenty yeah, yeah. and that that game was what twenty three to sixteen or something like that. It wasn't that high scoring of a game. It wasn't that much of a blowout. I think this game is very similar. This dynamic compares in a way. Um, I think that defense will show up and show out. I think Troy Williams is dog mentality is going to keep them in this game and like I said anything's possible yes. however I do think Alice McGrew and this Stallions offense with Skip Holtz leading the round is just going to be way too much yeah. unfortunately CJ Marable I think is going to be the dark horse of this game mm. him and Jay Sternburner are going to sort of really come up big for McGrew in this offense in CJ had a good game last week so Jake's. I've, I've always been a fan of him and ever since I saw him running uh, in that Stallions uniform in that first game against the Breakers when I uh, first got introduced to yeah. the USFL I've just been a fan of him even he's, more so. he's been a consistent player for them for two seasons now yeah. I, he's I, the, I hope he deserves a rotational shot on maybe a practice practice squad or maybe he's fast bro he mm-hmm. spells Tyreek Hill bro mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. hair same new he does yeah, look the like general. Yeah. Just, general. just not as fast but he hopefully is hopefully he's elusive. not getting involved in fucking civil cases and hopefully stuff so. <laughs> but what was the score prediction yeah, so I think I think it's going to be a, another 23 to 17 game 
Twelve, I feel like that's a good score. Yeah. Wow. Three seventeen. So a repeat. So, to, so, to, so, to, so I didn't want to go with the twenty four twenty, but sort of similar to that Super Bowl matchup with the Bears mm-hmm. and the Colts mm-hmm. around there. I, I like think, that comparison too. I, I really I, do. I, yeah. I because uh, I mean you have Peyton Manning. Everybody knows who that is. It speaks for itself in that Colts offense with Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. And you got that Bears defense with Lance Breeze, Brian Urlacher, Charles Tillman. Kind of the mid offense. You got Reuben Foster. I don't want to say Troy Williams is Rex Grossman Tarkley. now, but you know what? He might be. <laughs> we just focus more on the defensive side. Of the yeah, no, I leave mean, the offense on the other end. But yeah, I think the Stallions will just sort of be too much. But I, I, I'm going to give I'm going to give the Maulers a little bit more credit than some other people probably will. But how about yourself, Caden? What are what are you what are you thinking about in this? Championship game. Thirty-eight to seven. Right, right. <laughs> you actually he just wanted to make sure. That ass. Like, no, nah, I'll oh, go. Okay. Uh, I think they put up a little bit more. I, I say 30, 30 like to 10. 38 to fourteen. Oh, oh wow, that's still uh, like that's still a shot. Magoo's, Magoo's putting up points. I mean, yeah, look at the breakers. Something fucking shit on the breakers. But at the same time, I you know I, I think the Maulers. I you know right now like I, I after that. But this is a weekend. Big, I think the Maulers are better. This is a potential NFL backup playing against yeah. these guys. I agree with that statement, though. That's actually a big. Hey, Ruben Foster, former. R- first you know, round and, and Ruben, former, you know, he's, you know, he, no former, but at least former he got drafted future. there, bro. He saw talent. He's played against talent at least, at least in college. Didn't play much in the NFL because of injuries yeah, and, and his stuff. College was fucking Bama. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I mean... He had a lot of issues in, in the yeah. NFL. He did. But I mean, his non-contact injury in 2019, yeah, I, I don't blame him. Like, no, that was a brutal knee injury, and he hasn't touched the field since 2019, and now yeah. he's a part of the best defense in the USFL. Yeah. And the fact that he's He deserves still to maybe be on a practice squad, He's still maybe. playing at the level, like, at a high level, too. A high IQ. It's just happened, like, bro. he's... He's a bionic human out there. <laughs> Pretty much. I feel bad for the guy. But like, at least he's like, living his dream. I, yeah, yeah he's no. being successful. He could it. be either a high, a very, potentially the best linebacker in the league next year in this league, hmm. or he could literally go try and be on a practice squad again, which might be a possibility. I've been hearing rumors that D'Amico Ryan on the Texans has been like, yeah. reaching out to him. If we're not, they're with him. As, as well as the Dolphins, maybe like, the Samoans there. But I would like that. If he were to have a shot, but, I would like that. I would love that. But I just I, the key is a name, and I think the USFL should try and keep. And you know, I, I think for his sake, I, I would try and get another season under your belt. Mm. You're still he's still youngish, and he could be a rotational guy. I mean, you look at line, the linebackers in the league. You know, you don't have to be the youngest linebacker. You obviously want young linebackers, but like if you have experience, that's heavily valued, especially on practice squads. Especially if, you're, if you have a rookie quarterback mm. or a young running back, you want a good practice squad linebacking core. Mm. You want good players in general. You just want good talent in your building. And if you could build off this season, and he mm-hmm. missed two games, and he would have been on the all-USFL list, in my opinion. But, you know, if he was able to play a full 10 games plus another playoff stint, I think he deserves a legitimate shot, mm-hmm. for sure. No question marks about it. But um, he just got, he's just got to maintain his health. Mm-hmm. And he, he missed two games because he, you know, he went out and he, you know, hurt his arm, I think, uh, his left elbow. But it's just something you got to look out for. You Someone know? I wanted to ask you about, uh, Trey Quinn. He had a huge game. How wow. do you guys feel about... Do you think he's he had an Odell catch? He deserves another shot. I would love to see him You know, get get a call back. He, he's been shifty. He has speed still. He has sure hands. He does, I've never seen him with a drop this season. He had a Odell catch that no one's talking about. Mm-hmm. No one's talk, He had an Odell catch in the playoffs. And this is a small white man yeah. with with you know long hair. Yeah, that's small. Like he's I, I, would, small I would for a receiver. It. I would get it if he didn't because there's so many young receivers but that come. A practice in the draft. squad, yes, at least. 
I mean, but then once again, it brings up that conversation: Would you rather be a practice squad guy in the NFL or getting like full time yeah, reps, actual playing on and, money I, I on money terms? I can. It's completely not yeah. even a joke. You yeah. you get nearly three times the amount in, in on an NFL yeah. practice but squad. Say, Say you have one of those scenarios where you have something set off for the side already that you can sort of rely on, and you want to just still be playing full time. Yeah, that's what Case Cook is. Well, I actually wanted to point out something that the assistant GM for the Giants said in an interview. Um, they were asking him. Brandon Bean. Yeah, Brandon Brown. I I believe so. That's his name. I don't know his name. The black guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. But I like we were. I was watching a little interview of his, and someone asked him about the benefit of alternative leagues, and he said. Um, Speaking of the devil. <laughs> Dave, uh, Caden's dad just found out that you, uh, the Pittsburgh team's in the USFL championship <laughs> right now. But um, no, I was watching this video and they, there was a reporter that asked him what the benefits of the USFL and XFL and AFL and all these alternative he's leagues are. He's a smart guy too. He, yeah, and he's like... Probably a former, probably a new uh, next GM. I believe so. After, he sounds very put together. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just went out and just said straight up, you know, we're not looking for those leagues for starters. Like... No. Like we might find no. one. He said there there might be a gem, but what you can find there is depth guys and guys that are rotational players, even for your active roster. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're they're hot off the season, they're warmed up, they're in shape, and you know some of them might emerge and be above average players for what they are. I agree. And you know what may not be an above average NFL player, but maybe someone that you could you know be not even a if body. it's a good guy in practice. You know, like, exactly those guys are valuable. And he was even talking about simulate practice simulations mm-hmm. and scenarios that they set up for their their star players. You want guys that can simulate those those certain playoff scenarios, those those goal line plays, like actually above yeah. average, like above average talent, like just in general. You don't want bum like football players, and there's a lot of bad football players in the NFL, so. It's good to see that these leagues could actually maybe a new source of talent, you know, because there's a lot of busts in college. Guys that fall through the cracks. Exactly. And, and it could be just another, another thing. Like, it's good to just get game tape out there. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's very beneficial. Even if you're a bad player, like, you could actually still get a shot, mm-hmm. you know, get a tryout, maybe even get assigned to a practice squad and develop your game because you have the size, you have the attributes. I just think that's beneficial, but so did he. So I just thought that was interesting that a Giants guy, yeah. may, they might be looking at some players, and, and bro. I, I do think Brandon Brown will be a GM someday. Like, he's, he's Joe Shane's right-hand man. Um, he's, he's probably, like, maybe not next year, but, you know, if our regime does end up looking good and our foundation looks good, I don't see why he won't be a GM one day. He's no, gone. I mean... People are looking for that youth in the GM yeah. position now. And real quick... I just wanted to ask you guys what you thought the benefits of like the coaches, the GM positions of the USFL and some of these alternative leagues are. Like, I feel like that's good. You know, like you're you're not you know on as big of a scale, obviously, mm-hmm. but you're obviously taking over those duties. So like you're getting those yeah. kind yeah, of yeah, that, yeah, ex- for that sure. experience. You're so. still a leader amongst men, you know. And what do you guys think the benefits of that are, and even in a smaller alternative league? I'm just experience being the head coach, you know. Especially I mean, with who the. Uh, the commissioner and the, I guess the leading bodies of the USFL are, are mm-hmm. former NFL players, names, yeah. people that have been in the game. So that just sort of benefits the coaches more, I feel like, because mm-hmm. if they have, I'm assuming these coaches, one way or another, are going to meet this commissioner in some way, are going to start networking with these people involved with the NFL a lot more. So if they are an exemplary person, exemplary coach, they're a leader among men, they do the right thing, they do a good job. I feel like that just benefits them even more, especially being in the USFL rather than the XFL or AFL, CFL, any of these other sort of subset leagues or mm. secondary leagues, you know. 
And it sucks because I don't know if you guys heard Rod Woodson left the XFL mm. after the really? fourth sixth season. He just quit. That was his first stint as a head coach. I think they mutually parted, but I, I, I just yeah, think he I just wanted when the to coaches, get out of there. I remember when the coaches uh, the list came out and I saw his name on it. I was like, let's fucking go. That's cool. That's cool as hell. It was Rod cool. Woodson. It, but it just sucks that the team was terrible. Played at a terrible stadium in Cashman Field, who did, Vegas. Who, uh, what was the team? The Vegas Vipers. Oh my! Yeah, they were Luis Perez. They were fucking. But he got traded and won the championship. But real quick, I'm just gonna briefly go over the USFL playoff TV ratings. Very solid numbers. Um, it, it's looking like a build up to maybe a, a good championship mm-hmm. view in here. I'm projecting potentially close to two million um, for the championship at least. But Pittsburgh versus Michigan acquired 957,000 uh, average viewers, and the Birmingham versus New Orleans game acquired 852,000 average viewers. It's interesting to see NBC pull more, but it's also pretty awesome. I, uh, I think that's really cool that a lot of people were able to see these playoff games. And uh, the I just want to say one thing about uh, Protective Stadium. Holy fuck, was it packed? What were the XFLs? Uh, 400k. Uh, for both of them. On average, yeah. Mm. The, the the XFL playoffs are terribly, bro. I, I really don't know like how they're gonna be able to sustain um, just the league, and that's a discussion for another episode for sure. But what were, what are you guys thoughts on these ratings here? Um, pretty pretty good in my yeah, opinion. I mean, I mean, even bringing up the XFL, you saw you know most XFL games and you know most of the ones that you would watch on TV had you'd recognize a really good really good crowd. You know, able to fill the stands almost every single game. They just weren't and, paying for marketing and yeah. good time on TV. And that was, but you saw the other side of the story with with the USFL, where it's you know more marketing, more views online, but less people there in game. <coughs> and I think it's mostly due to the hub city. And uh, well, I mean. Granted, let me just say this: there was only one place where mm. it really wasn't packed, and it was Canton. But but I mean, even even other games like it was it was. I mean, I, Memphis I, I saw, was packed. I see so many games where there's there's no no people there. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I the three hub cities with the actual home cities, like the home teams, did very well this year. Ford Ford Field is allowing them to come back next year. Any of them over thirty thousand? I don't no, I doubt that they're not opening over the lower ring, but like. They're destroying the XFL and TV ratings yeah, consistently. Yeah. But, but I'm talking about more like the the infield thing because in this playoff in that uh, protective stadium game, you were able to see best of both worlds, packed stadium and a lot of viewership. No, it, it was packed. The crowd was great, and even at Canton, it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was loud. Yeah, it was actually loud. I, I I was watching the game the entirety of the game. People, it was fucking loud. I maybe I wasn't getting the best angles mm-hmm. or anything, but. Um, this protective game with Birmingham was fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, I, it was packed. Mm-hmm. What does it say it compares to for last year? Um, <laughs> last year's USFL post, uh, postseason matchups saw 957,000 and 998 on NBC, respectively. Mm-hmm. Wow, so, so a little better last year. Yeah, a little better, um, slightly, mm-hmm. on NBC and a, a lot better on Fox. But the, This year's title game's on NBC. Yes, it's going to be on NBC. So that, that'll be interesting to mm-hmm. see because NBC did pull that... Uh, over two million uh, viewed game on mm. week four um, this yeah, year. Yeah, that's why they're doing it. Yeah. So it's smart, and they're doing it at Canton, and they're also confirmed Canton will be selling tickets for next year. Nice. Um, so I just want to ask you guys, you know, before we actually even know, do you guys think that there's going to be another hub system for two teams, or do you think they're going to make a new team? Uh, because Canton might—they're well, they're moving back to Tampa, right? 
Well, I'm expecting that, and if they do move back Tampa, then I'm expecting Canton to be a team because mm-hmm. they're going to have to expand at yeah. least by two teams, yeah. at least by two. If Tampa comes back, it would back, have to be Canton, Salt Lake City, and they've been trying to build something there. And you know, we've already had the conversations about where some teams like Pittsburgh and and the Stars could go. You know, Pittsburgh could go play with you know where the the Pittsburgh Riverhounds play, the USL team, and the the Stars could go play where the Philadelphia Union play, the MLS team. Mm. You know and there's I mean? spots for them there for sure, yeah. and they should have made. They they definitely are projected to make enough money mm. uh, to to put some teams where they need to be. But uh, as of right now, the only like major player individual player award that's been uh, released has been the special teams player of the year, and it was Derek Dillon, kick returner for the Memphis Showboats. Uh, guys, what are your thoughts on Derek Dillon's season? He had some really iconic plays that missed field goal return. I mean, yeah. he had some really awesome. Reminiscent plays. from that Auburn, Alabama. Yeah, Iron Bowl. Was, we're, we're all watching that live. It was oh, like yeah. no fucking way. I, I think Everybody every was... single every single person in this room was watching that live. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't with you guys, but yeah, yeah. Was, everybody that's I mean, and any casual sports fan is gonna know that Iron Bowl exactly. uh-huh. moment, and there's no way you don't flash back to that. Okay. I got the same goosebumps flashing mm. back to it. So um, definitely props to him. Yeah, well deserved. And even when he caught it, and I saw him running, and he broke the first guy, I was like, like he's going to yeah. He's going He's going No one's stopping him. I think he had over 750 all-purpose kick return yards. Um, yep. And he, he was pretty good in general for the showboats, even as a receiver. Um, he really flashed his speed and definitely deserves a, 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 sh- a shot, in my opinion. I mean, he has the attributes. He has that... that I guess NFL type speed. I mean, he showed it. He's been it. there before. So. He has. He's been. He knows, he knows coaches. He knows players. He knows people. And he showed out this season. They didn't make. Yes. They didn't make the playoffs. But I mean, third in the league in kick return yards. Third on the team for points accounted for as mm-hmm. a kick returner. He <laughs> only had one touchdown offensively as a receiver. So wow, that just kind of <coughs> shows you. Then first on the entire team, like you were saying, in all purpose yards. That's crazy. I mean, That's he wild. was. He That's was wild. He had a hell of a year. wasn't on the All USFL team, but he did get the Special Teams Player of the Year award. So props. I I could even see a team thinking like, oh, uh, uh, Kevante Turpin, Kevante Turpin, maybe yeah. a little better because he's thicker and has more weight to him. Maybe, yeah. I won't say better because just because Kevante was a All Pro, yeah. or a All Pro, MVP, Pro, a Pro Bowler, and MVP of the league. But I guess you're like, okay, like a guy has came in and he has success in the NFL. Like he won the same exact award, so mm-hmm. why not give this guy a shot? And Kevante Tip was legit first team All Pro yeah. in his first year in the NFL. Maybe yeah, they, maybe a team will take a shot on Derek Dillon. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I bet on it. Yeah, mm. I like that. But um, uh, honestly, what what was your favorite game of the of the playoff weekend? Probably the Maulers game, in my opinion. Yes. I didn't watch the Maulers game, so I can't I can't say that. But it was fun watching the Stallions play. Just kick yeah. ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was gonna say. The view was going off. I was sitting there just watching him make these throws like. Like why? Like like what am I doing here? Like my 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 dick is on the floor. <laughs> I, I think we stopped watching after what it was like twenty three to seven. We're like all right, I think we get outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we we I I kept you know peeking in and everything like that. Just but kicking higher and yeah. higher. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just did not look good for the breakers. But shout out Sage Sherrod. Shout out you know uh, Scooby Wright, Alex Magoo, Ricky Person Jr., um, C J Marable, Devon Davis, who had a great game. Uh, Davion Davis, excuse Brian me. Brian Allen. Brian Allen, two picks. I mean, he had a great game. I, yeah. Just, just.
just dogs all over the field. Shout Good out plan. to Vontae Diggs. Anyone who went home as well, you guys played a great season. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening out there, shout out to you. Frank Denda, man. <laughs> Frank Denda, Trey Quinn. Frank Denda, defensive player of the fucking year. I, no if ands, or buts. Oh, God, I said butts. But I guess that'll be a good <laughs> no way. <fun> this. <laughs> oh, God. I guess that's a good way to wrap it up here. But thank you, everyone out there, to listening to this USFL uh, Divisional Championship uh, kind of review. And thank you, everyone, for uh, giving the show your time. Mm-hmm. But uh, everyone out there, thank you for the support to the show and the podcast. And make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Instagram at Tea Time Reports. Uh, thank you, guys. Take care. Sempre Milan. <laughs>